Nuggets Nation, welcome in to a very special podcast, 24K Podcast. Christopher Dempsey, Katie Wenji, and a very, very special guest, Nuggets Assistant General Manager Calvin Booth. Calvin, thanks for joining us. No problem. I'm glad to be here. We are here at the Rack House. This is also on Facebook Live, so be sure to send us all your questions in. We will be reading some of those. Calvin will answer them. We will answer them. Whatever you need to happen uh, will happen today. You just heard some applause. Rocky just walked in. So the moment that everyone has been waiting for, uh, Rocky's here <laughs> as well. So if you're wondering what's happening here at the Rack House, Rocky's here. We've got some dancers here. This is the last Nuggets caravan of the summer, if you can believe that, which means the season is almost here, people. It, in a flash. It literally, let's see, so in about 10 days, training camp starts, and then we're off. I mean, the, the ball rolls, rolls right downhill till the 23rd of October when, when they open the season uh, against the Portland Trailblazers. So let's just start right this. Uh, f from your perspective, just how excited are you? I mean, we're just a few weeks out. How excited from a front office perspective are you about what this team is, what this team has the potential to do this season? Yeah, we're, we're unbelievably excited. We uh, made some acquisitions this summer uh, through uh, trade and uh, draft and bowl bowl and uh, Jeremy Grant. Excited to have those guys on our team. And then we have a lot of continuity coming back and uh, we had a great run in the playoffs so we got a lot of experience from that, that run and hopefully uh, looking to continue into this season. Yeah, you know what's interesting about the experience uh, from my perspective is Okay, yeah, a team gets into the playoffs and a first round is experience. The Nuggets got to a seven game, seven games into the Western Conference yeah. semifinals. How much more, I, I thought that that was so much more experience than maybe anybody ever thought this team would even get. How valuable is it not just to have the playoff experience, but to go as far as this team went to be able to understand what that feels like? Yeah, I think it's really valuable. I think more importantly, uh, the pain those guys felt from losing that game seven to go to the Western Conference Finals. I'm sure everybody would have loved to go to the Western Conference Finals, but um, I think uh, we, we left with motivated and ready to come back even stronger this year. I want to give the fans that are listening in here a glimpse of what happens during the summer because obviously like they follow us on our social media channels and we're hiking and vacationing and all those things but what are you guys doing as a front office staff and then what are some of the players doing off on their own that you know of yeah as soon as a regular season ends you have to start prepping for the draft and you get guys in for draft workouts and fortunately for us this year we're also juggling playoff uh, the playoff series and traveling with the team and hoping we advance in the, into the second round and further. And, uh, you know, after the draft, it's right into free agency and then right into summer league. And the free agency kind of kind of like drags on through the summer until it starts to trickle down around this time of the year. We have to end the summer by uh, deciding who we're going to invite to camp and getting all our camp invites. We can have up to 20 guys in camp. And so those decisions come down all the way up until the week before camp starts. Is there a break? Honestly, <laughs> you, you, honestly, the way it is nowadays, you have to make a break for yourself because yeah. you can always be doing something. There's always uh, shoe-sponsored shoe scouting events where you can see high school prospects and college counselors. There's uh, free agent workouts. There's there's all kind of things that you could be doing all throughout the summer, and so you have to make yourself take a break. How much are you guys monitoring what you know Jamal Murray, Nicole Jokic, what those guys are doing? Because obviously a lot of them are off on their own, getting their own workouts in. How often are you in contact with them and keeping track of their workouts? Yeah, that's also another portion and dynamic that, that we have to 
do during the summer, whether it's Coach Malone or Tim or one of the assistant coaches or me or our tourists, we're traveling to where these guys are at. We're visiting with them. Um, this summer was the World Championships, and we had several players competing in that. And so I know Coach Malone and our tourists went over to Spain, and they visited with uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and then champion, they, world champ, baby, world champ, world champ. World champ. <laughs> yeah. very, very proud of them. Yeah. Uh, then they went over to Bel uh, Sambor and hung out with with uh, and Nicola for a couple of days, and you know it was a lot, a lot to do. For, you know, for a young player like Juancho in a tournament like that. Uh, you, you, how valuable is it for him to to be able to play? I mean, he was a starter, and not only a starter, but one of the focal points of that basketball team. But just how valuable is it for a player like him to get that experience and bring it back this week? It's unbelievably valuable. Um, you know, they played winning basketball. They, they won the whole thing, and when you when you learn how to win, that, that translates. Um, that you know, so he won with us last year. He won this summer. It developed your confidence. He started for that team. He played an integral role, so I think he'll be ready to come back and have a great season. Confidence is a very big thing, uh, you know, especially for young players. Uh, I remember when Melo went across and, and played and then came back better and came back more motivated to be a leader and to be, uh, when you look at what Wancho was able to do and what he might be able to do for the basketball team, just confidence-wise, what did you see out of him in that tournament? And, and can, he, can that translate back to what, what the Nuggets are doing here this season? Yeah, well, he, he had a great stretch for us when he started last year, and I think he did a lot of the same things for the Spanish team they did for us. He cut well, shot the open three, made that mm -hmm. at a high level, rebounded. He can guard uh, perimeter players more better than he's given credit for. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of that stuff will translate into this season, roll into the season. I, I think that, that, that rings true for all of our guys. Uh, not, to, not to go unmentioned that Torrey Craig was with the select team, and he got to – he got to practice with those guys. He's shooting the ball unbelievably well in our workouts right now. I think he's, he gained a lot of confidence from his experience. And obviously Mason got another another chance to run with the USA team and, and, and uh, Nicola's with the Serbian team. So we had all of our guys got invaluable experience competing in that, that event. Is there any fear with those guys participating in, in their country's teams with, okay, the season's going to be even longer for them now, there's potential they could get hurt, but obviously there's a chance, you know, for a guy like Wancho, who was hurt for a lot of last season, to get some more experience under his belt. How do you weigh that? Yeah, I mean, the sports, the sports science realm is a, a very big thing in the NBA right now, and we're into it, and we study load management, and we track the players' movements with, with, the, with the technology we have. But at the same time, it's always good to be able to go out and play and compete and win. And so you have to find a balance there. You don't want to, you don't want to be too much into the data and the science and like take away from the, the player's spirit to want to compete and play and win. We're sitting here with Nuggets assistant GM Calvin Booth, and uh, I'm always curious as to what the duties are for any one job in there. And for you, what, is, what does that entail? What do you do day to day? What do you do month to month and over the course of a season? Yeah, I mean, when you, when you strip everything down to the core, uh, our job in the front office is to manage the talent we have on the roster, uh, find a coach that will coach a team. And fortunately for us, we have a great coach in Mike Malone, so that won't be something we'll be thinking about for a long, long time. And then, uh, you know, basically to, to find a talent around the world to, that might help us improve and, and get better. So, you know, guys' contracts are always expiring. There's a draft every year. Um, there's trade opportunities that you try to identify around the league. 
and then you have to stay in tune with what's going on with your own team. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that that's the, the bulk of what we'll do day to day. You also travel to scout. Yeah. Uh, just outside of Denver, how are you operating? Yeah, I mean, the life of a scout is different than the life of uh, traveling with the team. When you're with the team, as you guys may well know, uh, it, you're, you're in nice hotels and, you know, <laughs> you're on private We're living jets the team and life. planes and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. When you're traveling as a scout, you're staying in the courtyard Marriott's and, you know, you're traveling commercial and, uh, you know, it can, be, it can be a grind going to small college towns, uh, remote European lo locales. Uh, so it's not, it's not as glamorous as it's cracked up to be all the time. How many, but games, it is very do you fun. How many games do you see a year? Um, I think we just try to break it down where we try to, we try to like be on the road about half the month during the season. Mm -hmm. So uh, some, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, but basically a couple, couple weeks a month where we're out on the road, we're traveling, we're trying to find talent. Before we get into your expectations for this upcoming season, kind of turn the page a little bit, let's talk about you because I feel like Nuggets Nation doesn't know a lot about Calvin Booth as a player, as a person. Can you just quickly walk us through kind of your timeline of how you grew in this sport? Yeah, well, uh, I was drafted in 1999 with the 35th pick by the Washington Wizards. Uh, they had an intern at the time, uh, Tim Conley, who I first uh, was introduced <laughs> to at that time. So I uh, got to know Tim pretty well. Uh, I ended up back in Washington for a second, second tenure and got to know him even better at that point in time. And I think at that point, he started to basically mentor me and, uh, and like pique my interest in, in doing something in the front office. So I retired in 2009. Um, I started my own AU program in Ohio and, and uh, for a couple of years and then I transitioned into a pro scouting position with the New Orleans Pelicans where Tim was at assistant general manager at the time. So Dell Demps was uh, the president. He, uh, they brought me in and you know, I was able to work with them. And then fortunately for me, uh, Flip Saunders brought me in to Minnesota and I was uh, fortunate enough to be around him when he was alive and he was a great mentor and uh, eventually transitioned here to uh, Denver in the, into this role. So you knew early on while you were playing that after you were done, front office work is where you wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. When I look back on it, I was, uh, Tim invited me to Treviso, Italy, and to Chicago pre-draft, and I'm still an active player, paid my own dime to go out there and, you know, connect with people and hang out with, with Tim and learn about more about the business, and uh, it was really interesting. Uh, I, I knew I wanted to do it at that point. So you and Tim Connolly go way back. Yeah, way back. I need a good, I need a good TC story. From, from maybe, how would you describe him as a person or what was your first kind of interaction with him? How did you know that that was a culture you wanted to be a part of? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure just about everybody in this area right now has encountered Tim in some kind of way. I would just describe it as like the most generous, warm, um, attentive guy that I, I've met. Um, he's really sharp. And he's attuned to his environment, and uh, he's able to look be a be a, a big thinker, think down the line. I just don't feel like generous, kind are words that people usually first think of when you're talking about a president of basketball operations. Yeah, I mean, I think all all everybody that runs a team. You know, you think uh, you have to be shrewd and you have to be willing to uh, make shrewd moves, but I think part of it is you have to know how to deal with people too. It's a relationship business, and uh, I think that's what Tim is fantastic at. I think he's 
capable of doing a transaction with every team in the league, which I don't think every president of basketball operations can say. Yeah, you know, and then speaking of that, how, how big was it that he decided he was going to remain uh, with the Nuggets when that decision was on his plate earlier this year? I mean, I, we, all, we all know that our tourists, uh, our Cardinal Silvis is our GM, and I think he would have done a great job if he had to step in, but, like, Tim was here, and he helped build this thing up, and, you know, I think his ener- energy permeates uh, the, whole, the whole organization from top to bottom, so it would have been a huge blow. Um, to the organization if, if he had left. And I think everybody from uh, Mr. K and Josh all the way down to our equipment manager were, were super pumped to decide to come back. How much emphasis compared to other teams you've been around in the NBA do the Nuggets put on culture when you guys are looking at guys? Yeah, I think it's just something that happens. Like, uh, you know, you know a good person when you meet them and, if, you know, they connect with our team and we know what kind of guys we have. So it's easier to find guys that fit now that we have guys with high character and good at work ethic so um, I think it's definitely important um, but also it is a talent business and it's a talent game and need talent to win so we're fortunate enough to have guys that are talented and high character so I think that combination uh, is the reason why we are where we are right now. Speaking of this team it was obviously in the NBA's final four or final eight last year when you look at what can be achieved this season and what the, and the, the landscape of the NBA looks like coming into this season, where do the Nuggets fit into that and um, just what are the next steps for this team to get to the next level? Yeah, well, I think the most exciting thing, and I, I don't think our guys think about this, but when you take a step back, the majority of our rotation is pre-prime, which means they're, they haven't reached the age of 26, 27 yet. Now, we do have a couple of really important veterans like Paul Millsap that that kind of helps set the tone, but when you think of Nicola just turning 25, Gary being 24, Jamal being 22, uh, Malik Beasley being 22, like all these guys were, were mentioned, Jeremy Grant is just barely 25, 26, like all these guys were mentioned, Will is in his prime and he's an important part of our program and you know, but we have a generally young team and a lot of contributors that, that, uh, that like got experience before they're really ready to reach their, their, their best years. When you look at this team, a lot of people say, hey, it's, it's not even just the talent is there, but it, it's such a bright future because pre-prime. I mean, and that's yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good way to put it, and it's a, it's a way that I don't think a lot of people have heard it uh, phrased. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Grant is a guy you, you mentioned. What does his addition mean to, to the roster? What does he bring to, to the program? Yeah, I think uh, when you're putting together a team, like you just want a bunch of different elements to go together and hope they work really well together. And, and Jeremy brings a lot of things that this team was deficient in. He's very long and he's athletic and he, he can block shots at the rim and he can get out in transition. And, and also he's improved his jump shot a heck of a lot over the last couple of years. So he's just a dynamic front court guy that can play all three positions and, and bring versatility whether he's starting or off the bench. Is he a guy you targeted in free agency? Like straight up, we want, we want to get Jeremy Grant to, to Denver. Yeah, well, he was under contract with Oklahoma City. And, you know, uh, after the Kawhi decision, there was a ripple effect because uh, Oklahoma City basically trade, traded a lot of their, their uh, one of their major players in Paul George. So it started, a, it started a trend for them where they decided to go young. So we identified an opportunity to, to acquire Jeremy. And 
obviously we were looking for a player with that, but that set of skills, and uh, we were very fortunate that he was available at that time. I get this question a lot, and I'm not exactly sure how to answer it. But this question is, 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 is there another level that Nikola Jokic can get to? Like, where does he go to get better from here? Yeah, I just think, uh, I think there is actually. I think he can actually do more for longer, and he's so productive, and the game comes so easy to him. Like, I think there'll be a season where he have more tri- triple doubles than he's had, for instance. Yeah. Like, everybody knows our team is playing best. He's his happiest. And um, we're... we're all playing together when he's getting those triple doubles. Let's talk about some of the new faces that Nuggets Nation might be seeing this year. Obviously, Michael Porter Jr., we have yet to see him play with this squad. And then Bulbo, too, just signing the two-way deal. What do you envision for both of them, and especially with Bulbo, how often do you see him with the team? Where does he fit in? Yeah, with Michael, uh, he's had a great summer. It was unfortunate he got hurt the day before summer league started and didn't get to participate, but He's been healthy for the majority of the summer. He's been in our gym, getting up and down. He really looks good. Um, he's shooting the ball well. He's attacking the basket. Um, he has a load of talent, as everybody as everybody knows. And uh, I think we're going to have a really competitive camp. I think Michael should do well for himself and have a chance to contribute to the team this year. As far as Bull Bull is concerned, uh, we were very surprised to be able to get him when we got him out in the draft yeah. with the 44 picks. So. That's what everybody says. That yeah. seems to be the recurring theme of, yeah. like, how was he available where we got him? Yeah. I think there were some injury concerns there that, that understandably teams were worried about, but we, we, uh, got, uh, we got our hands on him, and uh, I think he was healthier than we anticipated. And uh, I think he's uh, currently in our return-to-play protocol uh, he's shooting, he's doing non-contract drills, and he, you can see his talent, his talent is evident. I think he's in the top part of our roster as far as his ability to make shots and drills, yeah. and we're excited to see if that translates to games. Yeah. Um, that, that was one of the things that stood out to me when I watched him in some of the, some of the drills. It's just his ability to really make shots. And then you could see it even a bit, a little bit in some of the film from uh, his days at Oregon, his nine games that he played at Oregon, his ability to make shots. When you remove that from the table, what's going to get him from where he is now to, to able to be able to contribute on a basketball court? Yeah, and going back to Katie's question, which I'm sorry I didn't finish answering. Like, That's okay. Well, there were like three questions in yeah, one there. Yeah, so. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be on a two-way contract. We're going to try to have her as round as, uh, as much as we can within NBA rules. He'll be down in the G League some, and we'll like to get him some game action. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, just the fact that he's only played nine games at Oregon, and, uh, you know, we'll look to try to get him some game action here and see how he looks in those games. And then um, hopefully he plays well and we can start to think about how, he would, how we can integrate him into our lineup. And with Michael Porter... I think we're all very excited to see him on the court. Um, <laughs> but when you, where where is he now? You you, you mentioned he looks really good in, in some of the some of the open gym sessions, uh, but it's been I mean he's just a couple of years removed from high school. His most significant playing action only three three games in college. How big a gap is that from? All right, the last significant time you played was high school to now you have to learn how to, to get it done on an NBA basketball court. How big of a gap is that for going to be for him to bridge? Well, I, I think the good thing is, is uh, you always tell people to control the controllables, right? And Michael has done an awesome job of rehabbing and getting in the weight room, and he's put on, I believe, 14 pounds of muscle since mm. he's uh, 
been with our program. And um, I think he's a natural scorer, and he, he can do that no matter where he's at, whether it's in high school or in the NBA. So uh, I think he'll, he'll have some somewhat of a transition to playing real minutes, but I think also his innate talent will kick in. You know, did, did, did just a year being around the team, traveling with the team, how much does that help and just in terms of at least understanding what the NBA experience is, what the travel feels like, even if you're not playing in games? I think it's very valuable. I've been in Michael's position, uh, a rookie with the Washington Wizards, not playing that much. And just being around NBA guys and NBA talent and learning how to work like a professional is uh, is uh, something that is valuable when, when you don't get a chance to play. We're going to get into some fan questions now, if that's okay with you. Uh, which player are you excited to see growth from? And Sarah L. would like to know that. Well, that's a, that's a really tough question because we have so many Can you pick guys. one? Um, I think uh, I'm, I'm interested to see growth from the guy we were just talking about, Michael Porter. Like, you know, I'm excited that he finally gets a chance to play. Like, he had, he's had a brutal last couple of years being injured and not being able to help out his alma mater in Missouri. So, like, really getting to see what that young guy gets to do when he's in training camp and he gets a chance to compete for a role on the team. Jeffrey would like to know, what are some ways the Nuggets' rise has benefited the city of Denver in your eyes? I think it goes hand in hand. I, I'm just new to the city a couple of years, and I hear everybody say how much the city has grown and how much nicer it's been, it is and the, the different areas that have been developed, the restaurants. So I think our success and us growing at the same time, there's a great synergy there. AJ Wells would like to know, what's your favorite memory that you have with the team? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of those favorite memories, but I, I have to say I think that shot at the end of the San Antonio game when Jamal hit the floater yeah. and the, the, for the Pepsi Center to run yeah. like that, that, mm -hmm. was a, that was a great feeling, especially coming uh, from a year before we had such a disappointing loss to end the season in Minnesota. Was the Pepsi Center what you expected it to be last season, the way that the atmosphere grew with that team? Can you, could you even imagined it would be like it was during the playoff run? No, it was fantastic. We look, we look for it to be the same and maybe even better in some ways uh, as our team continues to have success and, and do better. But the, it, the, the team feeds off the Pepsi Center's energy uh, as witnessed by our home record. I kind of want to take this in just a slightly different direction because, I mean, you were a big man in this league when you played, and obviously Nikola Jokic, one of the best big men in the NBA right now, but the evolution of that position, power forward and center, and what they're asked to do now um, is so vastly different. I'm wondering when you were playing, could you see this kind of shift coming? Um, and if you could, why is it coming? Yeah, just kind of to walk us through the evolution of that and why has it occurred. Well, I think it boils down to um, it's not enough just to be tall now. You have to, you have, to have a well-rounded game and all the, all the best centers in the game. They can shoot outside, they can pulse, they can handle, they can pass. When you talk about the Nikola Jokic's, the Joel Embiid's, the Carl Anthony Towns, like those guys have well-rounded skill sets. Uh, so and I, I think the other part about it is uh, teams at the end of the roster, they value having wing players and those reserve positions as opposed to big guys. Like we have a, a big guy in our gym right now, Tyler Zeller, who's a fantastic player. And a decade ago, I was talking to Tyler, he would for sure still have a, a multi-year guaranteed contract, but now he's gonna be in camp with us and hopefully he finds a way to stick in the NBA this year. But like, uh, it's, a, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder for 
good big guys to to find uh, roster spots at the end of the roster. I want to take that question one step further and just talk about the evolution of the NBA in general, both from the way that the game is played overall now and seeing a lot more isolation, but also the like style play that the Nuggets have, where it's a lot of passing and cutting and high ball screens and that sort of thing. Do you see that continuing to evolve that way? Yeah, I think the NBA is in a great place. I think we're the best sport. Uh, professional sport in the United States. Uh, Agreed. It's fast. Agreed. It's fast. <laughs> it's high scoring. Uh, the players get to display their athleticism. So I think uh, all the rules changes and how the players have developed their games have, have helped uh, get the game to where it's at right now. So my part two of that question then is the way that the league has changed in terms of players deciding where they want to play and the impact that they have in basically choosing uh, the teams or the destinations that they want to head to in free agency for you as a guy in the front office and for the city of denver does that change the way you think about things well i think the cool thing about the nba is more so than other professional sports and obviously i'm i'm looking i'm biased because i work in the nba i play in the nba they're in tune with uh what's going on in the world and the the culture so this this culture in present day they're about individual empowerment being able to make a choice not being pressured into doing things. And so I think we're aligned in that way. Now, obviously those, those things have to happen under the constraints of the CBA. And so uh, that's where the balance comes in. Well, how much more pressure are organizations under to under, uh, players that you want to keep, make sure they understand that you want them, that you love them, that their best interest is, because no matter what their contract situation is, it seems like now if they want to go, they're going to try to get there and try to get out in a way that maybe that wasn't happening in the past. So, so organizationally, how much more love, for the lack of a better word, do you have to show a player all the time to make sure that uh, he continues to want to be a part of your program? Yeah, I think the love is important. I think as important as winning. I think you get a, a young rookie in the draft, and we look at it in the front office. A lot of front offices look at it this way. You, you, typically have seven years yeah. with that guy, maybe even nine, depending on how you uh, set up his contract extensions. And then at that point, you got to make a decision on, that player has to make a decision on, all right, is this team in a position to win? And if they're not, oftentimes they're demanding a trade. That's what happens. So um, I think uh, winning in combination with having a good culture is, is uh, necessary to keep good players. You mentioned contract extension, and we haven't even really talked about Jamal Murray and the deal that you guys got done this summer with him. Why was it so important to get this deal done early, and what is it about Jamal that made you guys want to keep him around? Yeah, I think any, any diehard Denver fan that's watched enough knows that Jamal has the it factor. And, uh, you know, he's a young guy, and, you know, there's some games where he's not quite there yet, but for the most part, he's a dynamic force, and... He helps lead our crew, plays very well from the cola, and uh, he's, a, he's a clutch player. He's an assassin. When we need pressure, play, high pressure, uh, play, good play in high pressure situations, he always comes through. Yeah, he's got that, uh, just that mentality. You don't see that in a ton of young people. Not scared of the moment, always want, embraces pressure, uh, is not, you know, these are the kinds of situations he thrives in. And I just wonder how evident was that I guess even in his high school into his college days, how evident was that when you guys, when you were drafting him and you knew, all right, he's got the mental makeup of a, of a young man that we want in this program? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the story's been told many of times, but he was, very, he was highly coveted by the Nuggets. 
And uh, I think for that reason, uh, his ability to make clutch shots and perform in pressure situations. And uh, I think uh, Jamal's upside is unlimited. He's very young and he's already very productive and winning in the NBA. So um, I thought it was pretty much a no-brainer to sign up to the deal. So we only have a couple minutes left here. Let's wrap things up by talking about what the next step is for the Nuggets this season. Obviously exceeded expectations last season entirely. So what does that mean heading into a better Western Conference, uh, more talented teams around the West? What are your guys' thoughts heading into that? Well, I'm sure Mo is, is thinking a lot on how to deliver this message and probably deliver the message already, but we got to stay with a, a mindset of a hunter. We, you know, last year we were, we were uh, really hunting the playoffs and we really wanted to get the playoffs bad because we lost that game to the Timberwolves the year before. So I think it's going to be as important to stay with an aggressive mindset and know the teams are going to be aiming for us now that we had a really good season and we had a uh, good team. Right, and I think that's the central point is the expectations. I mean, you're, you're, now you're seeing the Nuggets everywhere in terms of uh, prognostications, top four, this is the best young team, all this kind of... So now a young team is playing with expectations and are you uh, very eager to see how they respond to that? Yeah, I, I think our guys will step up to the challenge. I think we, we're confident in our abilities, but we're not arrogant and we have a... Uh, enough respect for our opponents that we'll, we'll come, show up and play every night. So I think we'll handle those, those challenges. But it's, uh, it's definitely different being the team every night where the, the other team is going to bring their A game. I think we should end on that. I mean, yeah, I expecting so the other team is going to bring their A game. I don't know which, what more you could want for, Nuggets Nation. Uh, thank you guys here at Rack House for joining us live edition of the 24K podcast. Thank you for bearing through the technical difficulties that we had. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, thank you very much for joining us on the Nuggets Facebook page. Calvin, thank you for joining thank us on much. the podcast. So looking forward to the season coming up, training camp in just a couple weeks here. Yeah, yeah very excited. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks.